I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I. Emily Lubin. Welcome to RIP Diets. If it's your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy to have you. This show is all about breaking free from diet culture. On this podcast, I talk about all the ways that diet culture robs you of the joys of life and how to combat against it in a world that seems to idealize certain bodies and condemn others. Whether you've been a lifelong dieter or have struggled with an eating disorder, or if you're just looking to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilling life, you've come to the right place. Okay, first things first, I did some journaling yesterday and I wanted to share what I wrote with all of you. Lately, I've been having a lot of complicated feelings about my body and intrusive thoughts that have made it really difficult for me to get work done. So this was me trying to make sense of how my productivity or lack thereof goes hand in hand with my eating disorder. Bear with me because this was emotional for me to write. So I'm hoping that I don't get too emotional reading it. When I was growing up, I was always deeply ashamed of who I was. It wasn't limited to shame around my body. It was shame about myself as a human being. And if anything, that was reflected in how I felt about my body and also in how I treated my body. I hate to admit this, but I still carry around a lot of shame. When looking back on my childhood, there were certainly happy times, but overall, I remember being unhappy. I always felt deeply misunderstood by everyone around me. I felt like my parents, mainly my mom because that's who I lived with, were always trying to change me or mold me into the daughter that she wanted. She tried to change my body by sending me to fat camp and putting me on diets and taking me to nutritionists as young as age seven. But I also felt that she thought there was something mentally wrong with me because she took me to several psychiatrists who diagnosed me with all sorts of different things, including Asperger's when I was five and ADHD when I was six. I had to sit in an empty room to take my tests at school because I was prone to distraction, or at least that's what they said. And that made me feel so isolated and angry. I became very hostile and ornery toward my mother. I rarely smiled in pictures and I was scared to make friends. Eventually, I realized that I was funny and I used that as a way to ingratiate myself to people and appear more outgoing and charismatic than I truly felt I was. But my family still perceived me as angry, sullen, and sensitive. They would alienate me at times and make comments about how I was hard to get along with. The only reasonable conclusion I could draw at the time was that I was hard to love. And if I had any pain, I should try my best to keep it inside because no one would want to hear it. I couldn't trust others with my pain because if they knew my pain, they wouldn't love me anymore. It may sound nuts, but some of the happiest memories of my childhood are memories of food. 
I remember the ice cream truck stopping in front of my house every day in the summertime. I remember my mom taking my brother and me to McDonald's in a limousine that my sister had rented for her 18th birthday. I remember the birthday dinners and the big bowls of cereal that I used to eat while watching Saturday morning cartoons. These are some of the only times that I remember feeling free. For me, the act of eating was an escape. I didn't have to think about anything else, and it was the perfect distraction from my pain. And it tasted good, too. A lot has changed, but sometimes I still feel like I'm hard to love. I still carry around the same shame that I carried at age seven. No matter how hard I try to connect with others, I always feel like I use the facade of the funny, carefree girl to make them like me without getting to know the real me, the deeply emotional person who someone would need to be crazy to love. I've said again and again that recovery changed my life, and it's true. Recovery made me realize that I wasn't addicted to food and I wasn't broken, but It also has made me hyper aware of how I take out negative feelings about myself on my body. When I'm feeling lazy, unmotivated, anxious, depressed, restless, I almost immediately start criticizing my body. Somehow, because of the trauma of living in a bigger body when I was young, the feeling of being lazy and unmotivated became synonymous with fat. Feeling unmotivated quickly turns into feeling like I've given up on my body. In these times, I feel like I could have a better body if I wanted it badly enough, even though I know the slippery slope that is, and I know it will always end badly for me. I also know that I'm much happier when I'm fueling my body and allowing it to function properly rather than trying to shrink it and make it more palatable to others. But the main thing that has become so clear to me is that my often overwhelmingly negative feelings about my body are not really about my body. I want to be accepted and seen and understood. I want others to take me seriously and appreciate me. And I fear that I will never be seen or heard or paid attention to unless I fit a certain mold of perfection. I remember a conversation between my mom and sister that I overheard one time when I was young. They were talking about a family friend who had lost a fair amount of weight after graduating high school, and they were praising her for the weight loss. I remember my mom saying something like, she was always beautiful, but now you can see how beautiful she is. The implication here was that Even if a woman is beautiful, that beauty is a waste until she's thin, and no one will regard you as beautiful unless you are thin. I think I internalized that, and now it carries over into other aspects of my life, including wanting to make an impact with my work. I fear that no one will really love me unless I'm thin. No one will even truly see me unless I'm thin. But we don't need to live according to rules that were taught or just implied throughout our childhood. We don't need to believe those rules because they're not rules at all. They're propaganda. And I looked up the word propaganda so that I can share the actual definition with you all. Propaganda is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. 
So this comment that was made by my mom was propaganda by definition, but I believed it and I still get sucked into believing it because it's all I ever knew until about five years ago. It seems like such an easy fix. If I don't feel beautiful, then I can lose weight and suddenly I will feel more beautiful and others will see me as more beautiful. But if the foundation of your self-worth is what your body looks like, then anything that goes wrong or makes you upset will make you want to declare war on your body. And your body is just a vessel. You'll never be able to cope with emotional issues by taking it out on your body. This will only delay the problem and let it fester for longer. So in short, I'm trying to be a voice that presents the opposite opinion than that of my mom and of diet culture. I want to show that you don't always need to love your body, but you should respect your body enough to not abuse it and speak ill of it for simply existing. So thanks for listening to all of that. I hope it makes some sense and resonates with some of you guys. And it actually brings me to a gorgeous and flawless listener DM that I want to share with all of you because I thought it was a great question and I think it sheds a lot of light on how it can be so hard in relationships when you struggle with disordered eating and the other person might not understand your struggles. So thank you, listener, for writing this in. I'm going to keep you completely anonymous, but here we go. Let's answer this question. Just for context, you guys, this is somebody writing in who is in a same-sex relationship. My wife and I have a very loving marriage and we've never talked about each other's bodies in a bad way ever. She was very supportive when I went to treatment for my ED and she has always been empowering of me regardless of how I feel about my own body. During the pandemic, the both of us put on some weight and we were embracing it. I'm my own boss now so I have no issues staying at this number but she just got an email from her job saying they'll be returning in person in August. That flipped the switch for her and suddenly she wanted to go on a diet which I didn't agree to, but again, she's been supportive all along, so I felt I needed to support her if she wanted to lose some weight. Somehow, I ended up doing with her this super restrictive diet that God knows where she got it from. I told her that I don't like this diet, and she just laughed. The other day, we went to Kohl's, and on the way out, I saw a shirt that I liked, but they didn't have it in my size. And then she said, well, if you drink only the shakes, you might be able to fit in one of these. She has never, ever made a comment like that, and it threw me off, but I didn't say anything. Now I put my foot down and said, I do not want to continue this restrictive diet. I'm hungry and not nourished at all. And she agreed, but she wants us both to get into another more balanced diet. Now, I know I can lose some pounds so I fit back in the clothes I like, but it's not a goal of mine, but I also feel like I need to be supportive of her if she wants to lose weight. How would you approach this with your significant other? I've never had this situation with her before, and I feel we have an open relationship with each other, and I know I'm able to speak about this with her. I just don't know how. Again, thank you for sending in this question. It sounds like a very sticky situation, especially since you say that your wife has been so supportive of you. I understand you wanting to be supportive of her in return. However, her being supportive in you recovering from your eating disorder is not quite the same as you being supportive 
of her losing weight. And the reason is because an eating disorder is not something that you just heal from. It's not something that you just gain a certain amount of weight back and then you're recovered. It's something that you probably need to work on for the rest of your life in some capacity and you need to stay on that trajectory in order to live a happy and healthy life. So it's such a no-brainer to me that you should not be on any kind of diet regardless of what your wife wants to do. She can go on a diet if that's what she wants to do. I don't think based on what I can tell of your situation, I don't think that you should be dieting at all. And I think you need to make it very explicitly clear that this diet is not helping you. It's actually interrupting your progress and it's going to set you back. I think your wife sounds like a really understanding person. I would hope that she would understand this. That's how you need to talk to her about this. You need to make it very clear that This is a mental disorder that you suffer from, which she probably knows, but just to make it explicitly clear, and that it's really not healthy for you to go on any kind of a diet. I also think it would be helpful for you to get a gauge from her of why she wants to go on this diet. Why is it so important for her to lose weight before going back into the office? Is it because she's afraid of judgment from her coworkers? Is it because she's stressed about work? Um, Which, you know, I definitely relate to. And that goes hand in hand with what I was talking about, about wanting to feel more motivated and not wanting to feel lazy and wanting to appear like you have it all together. That is completely understandable. And it also is understandable given that office culture is so based on these uh, small talky conversations and superficial happenings between people who aren't really friends. They're just coworkers. Maybe she's afraid. Maybe she's afraid that people will see her and think, wow, what were you doing with your whole pandemic just sitting on the couch and eating chips? And that is so understandable once again, but... Her anxiety about going back to work is probably not truly about her body. Again, I think you should open up a dialogue and really try to get to the heart of why she is stressed out about going back to work. Definitely reiterate that, you know, you love her regardless of what her body looks like. But if what she wants is to go on a diet, if she really feels that she has to go on a diet and there's no convincing her out of it, then you need to let her do that and make that decision for herself, but also request that she respect your decision to not go on a diet. And whether that means maybe you don't eat together anymore, maybe you prepare your meals separately and she can focus on the meals that she wants to be eating. Or if it just means, you know, you you share your meals, but you're eating different things, you can decide what that looks like for you. But you and I know that the trajectory of this is she's probably not going to be on this diet for very long. She's probably going to get tired of it just like she got tired of the smoothie only diet that you were talking about earlier and now she wants to go on another diet. Just the fact that she picked one diet and you both can't stick to it so now she wants to go on a different diet I think uh, definitely demonstrates that the diet's are not going to solve the problem and that they are going to be really hard for her to stick to. So I hope that helps. 
I know it's a really uncomfortable thing to talk about, but I definitely think opening up that dialogue about A, why is she stressed about going back to work and why does she feel like going back to work means she needs to go on a diet? And then once you get down to the bottom of that, if she still feels like she needs to go on a diet, you just need to make it very clear that for your mental health, what you need right now is not a diet. And that does not mean that you won't be supportive, but you can be supportive from the sidelines and be supportive without co-signing it, if that makes sense. You can be supportive of her doing what she needs to do in order to feel better, even if you secretly don't think that's going to work because she needs to make that discovery on her own and you guys can can eat separately and still support each other I think that's totally fair also I I don't know how in-depth you've gotten with her because I'm not in your relationship but she should know by now that saying if you lose some weight you could buy one of those t-shirts is such an inappropriate comment. I know that she probably wasn't thinking when she says it but I think you really need to reiterate to her that that is not a good comment that's not going to give you positive feelings or emotions and it's just going to reinforce you feeling bad about your body which she definitely doesn't want and I know she loves you so it's really important for you to make it very clear that she should not say those things to you. So I would try to have that conversation and write back, let me know how it went. I think if you have a supportive relationship in every other facet, then this will not be hard to overcome. I think you guys can definitely reach an understanding about how to move forward. And then when she's back at work, you guys are not going to be together during the day anyway. So I think this really is going to be a short-term problem. You just need to communicate very clearly and tell her what you need, but also open up that dialogue and make sure that she can also communicate what she needs. And that way you both can be supportive without doing the same thing. Being supportive doesn't always need to be doing the same thing as the other person to show support. You can show support and show a lot of care for the other person without doing the same things that will not benefit you because of your eating disorder. And that should be very easy to understand. All right, so that was the episode for today, you guys. It was definitely a shorty. I'll be back next week with the final episode of the season. I'm so excited, not because the season's coming to an end, but I'm just so excited to be able to start prepping and planning for season three and to continue to talk to you guys and figure out what you guys hope for season three and what would be really helpful for you. So continue to slide into my DMs, please. I am Lubination on Instagram. That's L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Or you can slide into the DMs of the podcast at RIP Diets. If you want to send me an email, you can write to ripdiets at gmail.com. And guys, continue to write Apple Podcast reviews because they truly do help the show. You can go on Apple Podcasts find RIP Diets, and then rank us five stars. It's our favorite number. And write something nice about the podcast. If you are a little shy and don't want your name being out there, you can pick any username. So it really is completely anonymous. And it's so 
benefits the show and helps me get the word out. So thank you for continuing to write reviews. You guys are the wind beneath my wings. I'll get at you next week. And until then, peace, love, RIP diets. (laughs) 